Okay, recording again? Yeah. Got it. All right. So what are we going to name this, this podcast? What's the name? Chris you know, to be honest, I haven't really thought about that since the last time we talked about it. It's not really, yeah, it hasn't been on my mind right now. I, I know you have a lot on your mind. No, no. What are you talking about right now? No, I thought about other things. I haven't really thought about the name, which I should have come back to. So I don't think my subconscious has even been working on it. We had a bunch of them a while ago. Well, maybe it would be good in terms of thinking about a name just to think about, just think about, but to re-articulate or, or, or just talk about the, I mean, the purpose here. Talk about purpose. No, I just... Last time, I thought you had a good point about taking us away from our initial premise of just reading the best sci-fi we could get our hands on. And I think we did a lot of that. We, we've read quite a lot of uh, sci-fi and like old classics. But I think now, like you mentioned the last time we were together, that we're going in a new direction. Here's the book we read now. What does that take us to next in following different, I don't know, tributaries, different paths, but it doesn't have to be like classic science yeah, fiction. Yeah, yeah. It's all well, science we, fiction. We talked about the word subgenre, like different subgenres. I'm not naming this podcast right. subgenre. No, we, we talked about like sci-fi, so like subgenres. Yeah. Like, I think the genre, the subgenre for the book Annihilation is like a first contact and horror. It's like, it, it would fit both of those science fiction, horror, science fiction, first contact subgenres. Right, right, right. Um, I love subgenres. It's time travel, by the way, if you didn't. Your favorite? Favorite subgenre, time travel. Time travel? Yeah, I'm just writing down some things for a name. Yeah, subgenres, time travel. But it's got to be catchy. Yeah. We, we came up with some before. And I liked yours. You were thinking apocalypsing. That would fit this. Uh, Death by sci fi. That would fit this one. How sci fi kills us all. Killer sci-fi, you are in a kind of dark mood, I think, when you put that <laughs> list together. Skipping to the apocalypse. I like that one. Enter the sci-fi zone. You said cheesy after that one. Yeah, we're trying to make, we want this to help us understand, because I think the other thing we talked about is trying to understand the world we're living in and where we're headed. And I think that's pretty, that's a, that's a, real interest of mine trying to figure out i was talking to somebody else about the environment and science fiction and and i think that's part of the appeal with the apocalyptic stories or with any subgenre like even time travel of trying to what is it going back to the past and what does that say about today and just trying to understand you know look at the future yeah i was thinking about all of the books that we've read so far and the conversations we've had and that We've talked about computers, artificial intelligence, and that's still something I think deeply about now and how that is affecting and pulling at our lives. And I think that's what you're talking about. How does science fiction touch us? How is it? How is, how can we look at science fiction, reading science fiction? How does that prepare us for the, our future? Reading yeah. science fiction gives us new insights into what we may... Okay, life, death, and sci-fi. Life, death, and sci-fi. Yes, I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. I don't know, you think that's it? I'm not, I don't know if I'm totally sold. But that's what we're talking about. See, the, here's the reason why... I'm so keen on this. So when we post this on anything, we have to have a name. We right. have to have a label. We have to have like the, all of that stuff. And that, and because we're doing this together, we have to talk about it together. We have to decide this. Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, it's 
a hard thing to just, I feel like it's one, it's been a big, it's been a very stunting or, or paralyzing thing for me. Like I've had a few, like I still have a few blog ideas of different things, not related to sci-fi that I just can't come up with the right name. And I just, it's been like a year or two and there's something about not having the right name. It just, which is silly because in the end you might never like the name or you might change, you could always change the name in some ways and still have a URL. Yeah, there. but if you build a website or a, a blog around that, or a, it's hard to extract all of those pieces from it that have been attached with the name. So it's all of the website builders, blog builders say, be careful with your name, know what your name is. But in the end, uh, you just do the best you can and live with it. Yeah, I was listening to one. It's not an amazing podcast, but I, I don't remember what it used to be called. But it was, it's like a it was like a financial one, and the guys had changed it at one point to like I said, I don't remember what it used to be. They changed it to how to money. Yeah, and I, I yeah, but I like that. But it works, I think, as a how to sci-fi, how to how to sci-fi. What does sci-fi tell us? What we the reason why we're doing this is. So we can see into the future, the crystal ball of sci-fi, the, the lens, looking through the lens, looking through the sci-fi lens. Oh, that's the sixth grade teacher coming out in me. Yeah. Okay. So we'll work on that. We'll work on the name, thinking about names. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Right. I, I, well, getting close. Life, death, and sci-fi is on the top of my list right now. Let's roll that around and see how we feel about that. Hey, yep. did you ever talk to your friend about making a guest appearance? Yeah, yeah. I think I think he said yeah, he would do it. And then I was talking. I mean, that's the guy. I, I, I was talking to about this environmental, um, just science fiction environment. I borrowed the book from him, and he said he wanted to do it. And, and he was like, maybe I'll read the book again. And so I think we'll just maybe we can hit him up the next round. Um, oh yeah. No, no, it's not a big deal. It's just that it'd be fun to, you know, have that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he's he's really into this stuff. I mean, he rattled off a bunch, a few different names and things that I, I'd never heard of him, and they sound uh, cool. I'll mention some later. And uh, yeah, he's pretty in, into the genre, pretty well read. And uh, yeah, he's got a good memory for uh, the specifics of things in a way that I appreciate. And uh, yeah, so we'll I'll let him know what which one we're doing next. And uh, yeah, and he, he can join. Yeah, I think okay. Good. So this Annihilation book? Yep. By Vandermeer, huh? Okay. Well, anyway, did you, have you seen the movie <laughs> Annihilation? I have. I didn't, I didn't rewatch it for this conversation. Yeah, I saw it a long it time ago. And when I read this book, I was, the movie kept in my head. And, oh, what's her name? Who played the, the main character? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, she was Padma in... Anyway, I couldn't get her image yeah. out of my mind when I, was, when I was reading about this. It's through her eyes. But honestly, I felt that the book was totally different than the movie. Now, it could be that the movie is compressing the books together, two or three of the books together. I don't know, because I haven't read them all. But... I wish I hadn't seen the movie until after the books because totally. I, yeah. I enjoyed the book. I'm not usually a, a, like my wife, Rod. She loves horror. She's read most of Stephen King's books and tons more. She loves horror. And so, so I think she would like this. And actually, I'm going to give it to her to read. But it is still science fiction, and it, it still does have that first contact idea with it. Yeah. It was so well laid out that you really didn't realize that that it was that kind of science fiction until you until actually you stepped into it. I think in, when you got to when I got to base camp, I'm thinking, okay. This is going to get real now. And it was, it, like we said, like I said to you in our, our WhatsApp, I think it was very well written in terms of pace and tension and 
that action part of it. This, it, the suspense really did a good job of building until you got sucked into the crawler and changed forever. Yeah, I felt the same way. I think I had a hard time not thinking about the movie throughout. I was kind of waiting for the alien in the lighthouse. I was waiting for a, a, her to find Natalie Portman. I was Natalie waiting for a recorder and to see some footage from an earlier expedition, which I found really gruesome and pretty memorable. Like I, I still imagine that footage from the film where they're seeing the guy's insides torn up and he's his intestines are like all swirling around and <laughs> so gross but uh, but pretty wild and a great visceral great image of what was happening throughout this world or this this i, I kind of vision it like almost under a dome or something and yeah so i was waiting for that as well talking to this uh friend of mine that who's read all the books he said and i checked out the second one authority already and so okay, that was a question for me. How badly do you want to read the second book? I really Checked do. it out already. Yeah, yeah. And so it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be our next book, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I was Why into not? it enough. What's that? Why not? Sure, sure, we can do that. I was into it enough that I, yeah, that I checked it out. It, apparently the second one, and I'll come back to why I'm talking about that, but this, and I don't know a whole lot about it. Just the second one deals with the, the, like, the sort of like the base outside of this alien, what do we call it? What are we calling that? Like the alien sphere or the alien yeah, section? Area X. Area X. Yeah. So it's just outside Area X where, and it all it takes place really like inside in the building. And it's like, like the politics of understanding everything that's going on and how there's a tri trilogy. It's quite distinct. And then I, I know at some point the biologi biologist like reemerges. That's all I know. Got from that conversation. That's not really spoiling things. Is just that it, the movie is pulling a bit from things out beyond that first book. Yeah, because because I think like the first quarter of the movie was the base and her getting training and all of that. A little bit of the politics of the base. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. I like the. I guess that's a question too. Like the, to me, the flashbacks worked well for me. I, I, I thought they were thematically made sense. And in, in, the in love their, story. Yeah. Their placement. Yeah. It's, you wouldn't expect it to be the way, the way it's a love story. It's, it's, yeah, it's a first contact she story. She followed that's, him in, right? She followed right. him. And, and by doing that realizes, I don't know if we need spoiler alerts in these things. We probably do. We should just, that just seems to be part of the intro that there will be spoilers. Okay. Uh, that uh, big letters. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, she realizes, I, I think it's not until she gets deep into Area X and discovers the journal that she seems to realize how, how much they loved each other, how he was different than she realized throughout. And she probably, he, he understood her on a deeper level than she realized. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a revelation. Yeah, and that, that's something to reflect on, thinking about my own wife in relationship and different, le we relate to each other on different levels. Uh, it's, I, I like that. That's one of the reasons why I read, honestly. What did you think of the journals as a, as a, like a plot device or as a, well, you know, I, I try to keep a journal and I have journals right back there, a bunch All of right. them. And though I don't go back to them very often. And when we opened up the boxes so I could put the books on the shelves, I discovered them again and I read through some of them. I think it's, I think, Personally, it's a, a personal journal is an important thing. But when you do it in a scientific way, that's that's a whole different a whole different story. And then to discover generations of journals is stacked right. in a mountain, moldering. Oh, I, the image of that was uh, wonderfully horrific.
which right. is wow this is n- the government the management has been lying to me i now i know something i didn't know before and it's because of the journals and then digging deeper in the journals she found out even more yeah i was i th- i thought it was a good device i thought i and i thought it was i liked it better than the video kind of thing because you know it it I, I I don't know. It was more earthy or real, right? Yeah, you didn't get that feeling in the film that there's that there are reasons for not taking in newer forms of technology because they're not sure what yeah. how that would be re reinterpreted, remixed, or how that could be used by this alien sort of I don't know what to call it though, like an alien force or power. Yeah, I thought that, I thought the the journals were interesting. I didn't. What the only probably kind of criticism. It's a strange one because it was so be- it's beautifully written. I think I wondered if by the time she was consumed by this, the, the kind of so changed, you know, and consumed by this oh, light, by phosphorus, yeah, yeah. yeah. For her, at the end, to sit down and spend a few days just writing that. At that point, I just wondered. If the, her writing would have been very different because the idea is we, we were reading what she wrote. Yeah. And I think it would have been really, really hard, but really cool if the first half of the book was reading as if we were writing it. A regular person is writing it. And then there, there begins to be these subtle shifts in the, even the syntax and, and some thinking and vocabulary where she begins to take on uh, much more of everything and everyone who's ever been in that place. And it, it would begin to like, her language would start to reflect that of the crawlers by the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, almost like a, like, like a flowers for Algernon kind of thing. Right? Oh Where yeah. There's yes. this change yes. throughout. Oh man. That's a heartbreak book for me. Yeah. Flowers yeah. for Algernon. Um, or the writing on the wall. <laughs> that writing on the wall really creeped me out. Now, I the rotting fruit and all of that. One quote I wrote down, outside, outside world pressing in to shape your inside. So how the outside world shapes us. I think that happens now with without alien influence. Certainly we talked about it just while we were chatting about Beijing, even though we both love Beijing, we, we talk about, you have to talk about the environment is a harsh environment and it, it changes you because you don't get to sit outside after class and sit in the sun and breathe in the fresh air. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So the idea there is that, I don't know if I've, fully understood that or could visualize. So there's, this is, let's see if your interpretation is like mine. So there's everything in this place is connected almost in an avatar kind of way, right? Where everything is communicating to each other. This kind of, is that a Gaia thing? Like it's all one mind in a sense. And so there was, where, where do you think, was that is that the, where the heart of the alien kind of force is in that well in the tower I, slash yeah bunker? i i i think for me the movie was more clear than yeah. than the book on that and i i was kind of thinking that one of the theories of how we got life on this planet to begin with is that the environment was right and then a comet seeded that environment. And so we're all aliens anyway. That's one theory of how life began on Earth. We, I don't think we know because no one's been able to recreate that. I think they've come close, but they, they haven't re- recreated it yet. And I, I think maybe, I don't know, at this point in, in, in book one, whether it was just a coincidence or whether it was a spaceship, uh, a comet, 
with a virus in it. I was thinking about my own connections to this book, but I, I, I don't know if you know this, but when SARS was there in Beijing, my class was quarantined. I made a connection to this story because of that. I couldn't leave my house. They did, by that time, they didn't, they weren't going to pack the whole class off to the SARS hotel down, downtown Beijing. They just said, you are self-quarantined to your house. There was one kid in my class who had it. So oh. the whole class was quarantined for a week. Another connection I made when I was a kid, about 10 years old, we had a cottage in northern Michigan and we built it. And we were going to use it in the wintertime, too. So we had to insulate it. So we insulated that cottony kind of stuff, long rolls. We had to insulate the, you know, the floor. And so I had, because I was the kid, I had to crawl in this two or three foot crawl space underneath this structure and staple up the, the insulation, which huh. was horrible in itself because I didn't like breathing in the insulation, which is right. like the spores. And right. it was full of spiders and cobwebs and creepy crawly kinds of things. I didn't like it a lot. And when she was in, in that hallway or the tower basement, I felt, oh, I get this a little bit. Yeah. One thing I didn't understand about that, that tower, that subterranean tower, that yep. was uh, kind of a match or a mirror. And she used, uh, he used the, the author used mirror quite a lot in this. Right, right. Mirroring the organisms mirroring the structure she was after she met the crawler and survived she kept going down to a light right i wasn't i didn't get it the light was a door the light was death well the light was i but she couldn't quite go all the way because it was too painful I, I don't know if I fully got that either. You think of the light at the end of the tunnel and you think of death, death, rebirth. That's what I was thinking. I was kind of thinking that, that was a, just a different way to a new birth, a renewal. But she didn't do it. She turned around. And yeah, she was the light up. keeper in, in the crawler. I thought that was creepy. Yeah. Kind of goes into her, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah, almost like it's reading her, sucking the life out of her. Something uh, drowning her. Yeah. Yeah, there was, there was a, yeah, the idea of reflection and doubles, like who's the... Uh, Double ga ganger. She, yeah. Doppelganger. Somebody, she used that. Who, which character is the, has a doppelganger? Was that her husband? That sees a there was a whole line of doppelgangers and she saw the, the leavings of the skin and all of that. That kind yeah, of that was... reminded me of Body Snatchers, the pod people. Right. Remember that movie? Like, that's a very scary movie. Yeah, super scary. Or the other one I remember as a kid was, uh, was it V? Just called V? It was like the yeah. people that are like oh. wizards in the regular. Oh, yeah. I, was, I think it was like in the 80s. I remember my parents watching that. And I, was, I, was, I remember watching it. It was a bit just borderline too much for me. It was pretty, pretty. <laughs> Terrified by that. That, uh, <laughs> that series. Probably pretty comical now. I don't think I've looked that up in ages. But they were just like, yeah, you didn't know. And there was like some people who were just lizards on the inside. I think they melted too. Didn't they like melt in some way? They def definitely had eggs and tails and awful teeth. And they would rip your heart out if you, you know, did something wrong. Okay. Transformations. I, we're fascinated as people with transformations. And that's, yep. a, I think that's a, another a way to say annihilation. Vampires tra transform. We love vampires. Zombies transform. The blob, pod people, the pandemics. I'm thinking of all these movies that are really popular and, well, books too, that, that have those kinds of themes. And this kind of, you know, fits in with that a little bit, that, it's a little softer that that all of the people who went there and didn't shoot each other 
I thought that the gun violence was a little much for me, but I thought the transformations just happened. Well, it's just like you breathe in some spores, and then pretty soon you're going to be transformed into something else. Yeah, the idea what can you do about it? You can't do anything about it. Yeah, as you're saying that, I mean, the, the idea of transformation is pretty interesting. I, I, I can see that. It's definitely about transformation. Trans is in crossing, changing. I, I was thinking about how, for me, it raises questions about, so what does it mean to be human, right? Are we just dust? Are we just cells? When we become, we start to see your face or your eye in a dolphin, <laughs> or at what point do you, are you no longer uh, human? Maybe that connects to the idea of ideas about language as well. So is that, I don't know if that really works, but like the language on the, what they're writing, and aren't they described as like hands at some point too, these hand-like? Yes. They're flower, you know, these flower, flower-like, hand-shaped flowers right on the wall as they're... I- I really liked that description. I thought it was, I, I thought it was beautiful. And then I saw the horror in it. I was like, Oh no, but the, but you, you're right about the language, the writing on the wall, the journals. Right. Yeah. It? And so to discard is to discard the journal, uh, a release of your humanity, right? Like you, uh, and you wander off into the wilderness. Yeah. Like if you've, Right. If you can't express yourself in that way or communicate or share in, in the ways that we've known. That I, I just so, really explain the crawler writing, though. Is that an attempt or a, an, 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 an echo or a, what is it like a, yeah, an echo of humanity, like a reverberation of? I like the idea of echo. It, it just, it did seem like an echo that faded into the walls. Yeah, that's a good one. It almost didn't anything, right? It's a strange... It reads as almost biblical. It, now I, got, I thought it was biblical at first. It was too creepy to be b- biblical, but I, I, some biblical stuff is creepy. Yeah. And you got the fruit, right? Hanging fruit, rotten right. fruit. Right. Temptation right. is fruit. Is it meant to be godlike? Are we supposed to question? I, I don't know. I think leave, I, I feel like I'm leaving that this read and maybe that's part of the horror of it all but i think you can look at it okay our beauty and horror in some sense like opposites right and so in one way it's so beautiful and yet it's so horrific is there maybe nothing more horrifying than something really beautiful that has no that that is is without sympathy or i think you're on to something there because i, I this is not like a Stephen King book where the evil in, settles upon the town as a fog or Area X. Area X was changing, transforming. It wasn't always bad. It was in some ways good. And I think the author was right to leave that up to the author or the reader to, to decide. What do you if you're, as we are, we, I guess as humans, we fight against that. But if we're just, if our individuality, if our existence doesn't, we just want to matter. And <laughs> Oh, you're asking the question. Why do we exist? You want to say hi real quick? You want to say hi real quick, Eric? You got to take that thing out of your mouth. Hey, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. I hear you go I hear you are a swimmer. Are you a swimmer? She's gotta learn. She's going to swimming. Yeah, she's not swimming. Ah. She goes in the water. Yeah? Do you go underwater? Not yet? Oh you will. <laughs> you will. Yeah, you're looking at yourself there. Yep, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to talk for a bit, and then I'll, I'll come play with that puzzle with you. Yeah, you're getting ready. It's really into puzzles. Yeah, but that's, I, I, I don't know. I think hey, maybe that's me reading into it, but I feel like that's a big part of, I guess I feel like that anytime I see things that deal with language, things that make it seem like it's 
it to me raises questions about yeah the, the individual versus the collective right like you're just a part of nature and we're all i don't know the idea of being the idea that something might use my death to grow doesn't bother me but the idea that i might be reborn with any sort of consciousness as a i don't know as a what else is there in that like some kind of does she talked once about free will and how she didn't feel like she had free will anymore and to be an individual that's i think that's part of it uh, if you're not an individual anymore you're part of the collective it's uh, oh the classic star, star board. trek the board what is it huh resistance is well yeah resistance is futile the the Borg is here and will be your you know, will be your family. Yeah. I think we we reject that. Was this? Do you think this story was part of that? If she would have, if she would have stayed with the crawler, she would have become part of that. Or is she just going to uh, walk off into the sunset and then just become part of the environment, part of the well, phosphorescent? That yeah, I don't know. The foreshadowing suggests that if she's been totally taken over by this sort of, uh, I don't know, as a parasite or this phosphorescence kind of thing, this light, then for other people that was a cancer, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's or, different. Or she's special. Her husband. How did the film end? Isn't it like she and her husband together, but they're not themselves or something? Correct. They, you know, it was like, here they are. Hi, nice to meet you for the first time. Now we right. go from here. That was the right. end. Very creepy. But but that's also another. Is it a, a stage of evolution? Is it inevitable that something like that will happen anyway? It, it, would a pandemic change us? Well, and that was part of that was the idea that that he wasn't himself so he was in in many ways the same but what was he missing he was missing he was missing his memories right yeah and i can't he, remember but i think according to the book yeah like he, he stared at that remember. boat he stared at the boat and he can't the way she's through her point of view she's saying he can't remember it seemed like he couldn't remember why that boat was important in, in a way maybe he can't remember what the boat's an interesting choice too i don't really think about that with the lighthouse and the boat and the ocean well, yeah he, he fixed the boat and, and escaped that way apparently that's how we got back yeah but it, or it was it wasn't him was it do you think it was him by that time i thought it was his doppelganger yeah see we don't know do we no i uh, i would say that no one comes out of Area X uh, normal, in a normal way. Everyone would be changed. Yeah. Or kind they of, come, come kind out of at like all. life. We all change in, in life. I'm not like I was 10 years ago. Yeah. For sure. What did you think of the, like the lighthouse as a symbol? I don't know. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know. What lighthouses are a beacon of that, a beacon in the night that keep us safe. They are a, a shining light. She had a, a phosphorescent light that even right. a psychologist could see from the lighthouse as she was approaching. I, but I don't know. I, there was so much going on there with the um, evidence of, a gun battle, walls with glass on the top, and then everyone left their journals there, apparently. Everyone stopped by the lighthouse and tossed their journals on the uh, pile. I, yeah. Like moths to a flame or something. Okay. Moths to a flame. Yeah, I was wondering, I mean, 
this is, I have no evidence for this, just a thought, but I, I was thinking about if you were an alien race looking down, would you be drawn to the lighthouse? Would that be a, would that make sense as a, just like ships look for those? Oh, a know? ship in, yeah, a ship would look for a lighthouse to be, okay. yeah, would that be yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then the lighthouse is clearly the, it's, so it's the reflection of the, that's why the, it's, there's a relationship between that and the other tower, right? They're like, yeah, near images. Yeah. For the whole story, I was waiting for those two uh, structures to connect for some yeah. reason. I don't know why I was waiting for that, but I thought that might happen, but it didn't. Yeah, I was thinking they might actually like you enter one and come out the other kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, did, I did like her references. I, I liked her whole biography, her tide pool the tide pool images, the starfish, all made me, as a reader, believe in the story and what was happening in these transformations a little bit easier. It made it more believable. I liked the, the pathway down from the base camp to the lighthouse, through the marshes, the, the woods, the marshes, and uh, that village that was sinking into the marsh with the people who were turned into ferns or whatever i like that i like those images it, it made me believe this story more i'm not sure you i think you want to believe that this alien presence has a reason for being there i'm not sure it wasn't just a random a random coincidence that that happened yeah yeah i i, I don't know that it has a I guess my lighthouse comment kind of suggests that, but I, beyond that, I don't, yeah, I don't get the sense that there's a, like the, whatever the alien presence is, like it has a motivation or desire there. I don't, I don't yeah. think it just is and it just expands and it's a different type of nature in that sense. I don't quite understand. It was a mystery to me in the, in, in the story. I would from the other science fiction and the science that I've, that I've read about, I would think that if something like this happened, it would be a bigger deal. It would be more massively, an effort would be to contain it, to, to discover it more than just sending in these, what did they call them? Not squads, but groups of scientists. But if that's all that they could ever do because no one else came back, I don't know. Having the current government in the United States probably nuke, nuke the area. Oh, we just build a wall. A couple of times. Wall. Oh, of course. Build a wall. <laughs> build a wall. And, and then everybody right out. Just put them in a cage. Yeah. No, I, mean, I think they'll get into that in the second, the second book, I hope. The kind of politics of it and what the thinking is there. And, it's a pretty fascinating choice. Now, yeah, pretty interesting, I think, for that Van Meer to then go that direction with it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know one, much. I, don't know, I have no idea what the third book's about. Books is about at all. One, uh, I didn't one, even know trilogy until I went to check it out from the library, and the first book was gone. And there were, yeah, books two and three there. One thing. One thing. This is the last thing that I want to know about. Um, for all of the talk about humanity and changing and all of that there wasn't very much just a little bit talk uh, uh, talk about religion but no talk about soul or what it is to be human yeah not, yeah not, I, no talk a little bit of talk but that i thought could have brought, been brought out a little bit more what that's i think that's what i was getting at with the husband and him coming back and all in so many ways he was himself and yet he's missing the soul. yeah and that's kind of what i mean that is the thing if it's a thing that we maybe don't understand about consciousness and us that makes us human right like uh, there's the idea of a soul like what is it's not measurable what is that well, you can mirror something 
you can reconstruct it, but the part that is maybe impossible to reconstruct is the soul, someone's mm. soul. Yeah, that's interesting with the lighthouse, the light keeper. In a way, is it almost like the light keeper is trying to reconstruct that part of himself or find some humanity where he's locked in there because he's a part of that monster, right? That's below ground. And is, is he the one writing on the walls? Is he the one, right, trying to, yeah, retain something of his soul or self? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. It was horrible, though. Yeah. A couple other things for me. So I thought it was interesting and that they didn't have any names. Yes. I, I like that, too. I thought that was, I thought that was uh, an interesting way to enter into a, an expedition. Right. If I don't know your name, you are less human to me. Right. And then I and, can murder you. And throughout, we don't get... There were no names. Yeah. And the closest thing we get for the biologist is the nickname of Ghost Bird. I, which I didn't like at all. You, you didn't like the sound of it? Ghost Bird? No. Not, not believable? No, believable that someone would call someone else Ghost Bird, but... I wouldn't let anybody call me ghost bird. So I repel. <laughs> um, no ghost birds yeah. here. But in, in terms of the story, a ghost, a bird, a bird is a symbol of like freedom, independence. And a ghost works as a different kind of spirit or of a former version of yourself, like a, or a, or a yeah, non-real dead version of, is that a doppelganger ganger kind of thing? Yeah. Someone who can be here, but not be here. Right. Living dead. Yeah. Zombie. But uh, I don't think she was not a zombie character for me. She was for me, my solitary. She has no friends. She's curious. Courageous, brave, married. No. So, yeah, she's a good hero character, I thought. Yeah, she, that's an interesting question. Is she a hero? I, I saw her as a bit of, I could, I could see some elements, maybe just because it's on my mind, but she's a, a Little Red Riding Hood type figure in my mind. There's a little bit of a fairy tale aspect here where it's, I kind of think that as soon as people go off into nature, it's a female protagonist goes off into nature. In some ways, it's a journey of innocence to experience. Faces a shadow or wolf-like figure, if only within herself. That works. What um, else you got? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I think to me that you know, it's in in, in some ways the different versions of Little Red Riding Hood, you get somewhere, some, there's, you know, like the Grimm's Brothers, you the male, the hunters and the male figures. That's kind of a tale for, for young women, bourgeoisie women to be careful, not straight from the path. In other versions, even the, the, the one that predates that, like the original, which was just orally passed down and wasn't written down by people from the bourgeoisie class is, is it has to do with the woman like seducing and fighting off the the wolf and, and then and then the retellings now you think of her being much stronger and facing up to the wolf or the monster and then emerging changed but victorious yeah, but in the, end, in the end it's kind of a battle of themselves because they have to get through overcome their own fears or overcome they've got to they've got to do this themselves they, there's yeah no one's uh, going to help you yeah so that kind of worked for me i don't know yeah um, the hero the hero's journey idea works hand in that sense right yeah 
crossing of thresholds, returns to where she came from in this story, different. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if we really get a mentor type figure, but I don't think you have to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I was curious to know, I, I definitely, I've definitely left wanting to spend a little more time in this world or around from this world. Yeah, some interesting to ideas. find out more. You're curious. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what you're saying yeah. is you want the, the next book for this mm-hmm. podcast to be book two, which is called, I can't remember what it's called. Authority. Authority. Not well, my favorite title, but authority. Oh, you're, yeah, the authority means the, the people who center there probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense in that that in that way. Yeah, I, I guess if we're not, I kind of like to read that. It doesn't have to be the next book, but if if not, then what are are we staying with a first contact? What are some possible texts then? If we're looking at something with, yeah, I would throw out something with related to nature something still with first contact other sci-fi that's horrific or horror or sci-fi i have not read aliens i've only seen the movie but i thought that was i didn't know the book is it based on a book i i don't know but i bet there is a book but here's something we haven't done with our podcast yet which might be interesting is to read the book too Continue the story. Yeah. Here we've gone this far with it. We have some questions and curiosity enough to, you know, and it was actually a pretty quick read, easy yeah. read. Good. Yeah. If I can say page turner, it was like that. Felt like that. I think that's what I mean by well-written. It's easy to read. You can, you, you have lots of questions. It gives you a whole different world but it's still something that you don't have to slog through. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'd be good with that. The other, I'm just looking to open up, hang on a second. And Uh, then if you want to continue with with the the horror or the first contact, I'll have a look at some of the things that that I know about and uh, authors that are in that genre. And the next time we get together, we can throw some uh, titles around. Yeah, that sounds good. One of the things maybe jot this down is this, this friend mentioned is this might be I'm trying to tell. I can't tell if this is fiction or nonfiction. Oh, no, it's, it's funny. It's got to be fiction because it's called the, the subtitle is uh, Philosophy and Ecology After the End of the World. It's called Hyper Objects by Timothy Morton. You ever heard of it? No. Yeah, it says the world as we know it has already come to an end. Global warming is perhaps the most dramatic example of what Timothy Morton calls hyper objects, entities of such vast temporal and spatial dimensions that they defeat traditional ideas about what a thing is in the first place. Morton explains what hyperobjects are and their impact on how we think, how we coexist, and how we experience our politics, ethics, and art. That sounds like nonfiction, right? We'd have to change our, the title of the podcast. I, I don't know why we can't read whatever we want to read. I think that's something I'd like to, to try to do is to, can we bring in, can we bring in a few articles, other pieces, you know, to, you know, just a few things to inform a bit of the conversation. You know, I think we talked about it before. That's what we've been doing uh, all along, I think, especially with the uh, AI connection. You and I have been trading those articles when, whenever I read something I think is current or points to something that we've been reading about, I'll fire it off to you to see what you think and then right. what i did was i don't know if you saw this on that on the practice website i put all of those articles that we've been sharing down the, the right hand side so it it's a like a stream of kind of things that fit in with the, the podcast okay. that we've been doing yeah so, so i think a- yes i think we have i think it 
I think if we don't connect that to what really is happening in the world, then we're really missing out on something that is important. Yeah. So we should be talking about Area 51 raids. Ah. <laughs> what, 100 people went? Yeah. I would have been one of them if I was around. I would go. I think there's probably something there. Did you hear what those pilots were talking about? They've unclassified or declassified the talk from these pilots. And this is many times about things that they saw. And it was on the news for about a week about, about these objects that, that defied any aeronautics that we were capable of. Maybe I heard something. Yeah, I remember something about that. Hey, it, it would be, I guess that's a thing to look into. I think there's some, I can't remember what the theories are, but what the chances are of there being life elsewhere. But it just doesn't make sense to me that we could be all there is that's out there. Yeah. And, but then the, if you believe that, <clears throat> then the next thing is, if we're visited, what kind of technology gets them here? And because that space in between us and what we think is the next livable place is immense. It's, it would take a technology we can't conceive of. So I think that's pretty interesting. And the whole idea of space and time is in there. So I, I'm all about talking about that kind of stuff too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll have to look into more. If we stay with this. There's a bit of a first contact political connection. I have to think about what. Um... Yeah. In the biology of this is pretty interesting because of the stuff that is now melting in the permafrost and, and the microbes and the viruses and the, the, the plants are coming back. They aren't dead. They've been dormant for millenniums. What does that mean for us? Uh, and that fits in with this story pretty well, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the, maybe, it, you know, you mean maybe it wasn't something from somewhere else, but rather something unearthed that I'm happy to believe it's from someplace else. We're, we're hit by meteorites all the time. And who's to say that a meteorite can't have some kind of phosphorescent life in it? And, what, and then there's always the idea of a message in a bottle. You could, if you were a, a, a planet like ours, and you could send a Sputnik-like little spaceship out that had the information of your race on it like we did with what was that called what's the name of the spaceship that we or the little satellite that we shot off into deep space with all the information that any alien species would need to know all about us what's i don't know that that one I, <laughs> yeah um. and it, it was even the theme of one of the first Star, Star Trek movies where it was called Vega. What's, and, and Vega came back in as this huge thing. But what it really was is this little, and I can't remember the name of it now, but it, it, it just collected. It, its mission was to collect information. And then it came back right. with this, and it was a huge thing in it. And it had to have the code or else it would subsume Earth with it. And Is that an early Star Trek? Man, I don't remember that one. Oh, that was a great one. Is that one of the films? Yeah, one of the movies. And why am I blanking on the name of that spaceship? I don't know. But it was... But who's to say that another planet would send something to... And it would bang into us and uh, and its germs would spread like yeah, like smallpox on a blanket yeah sure yeah let's hope that doesn't happen yeah well, i don't know but there's some worrisome things out there i think planet wise yeah yes. uh, 
you've been, you've been, you've, you've listened to Greta Thunberg's UN address. The, the, the most impressive thing about Greta was this article I read about her on her first day of protest. She was sitting in front of a, of a government building with her sign all by herself protesting. Mm. And then a year later, she's, you know, got the whole world believing in what she, we believe in it anyway, but she led us to our protests. I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah, 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 definitely powerful. Yeah, I wish, yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of us that believe in that same thing and it's hard to not feel a bit helpless and all the systems were lost in and I just want to buy some peanuts that don't come in plastic. Oh my God. And I can't find them. And, hey, uh, but the so local the, Walmart, the local warm, Walmart does not give out plastic bags anymore. It just doesn't. If you go in there with, with a shopping cart full of stuff that you buy, you'll have to buy a reusable bag to carry out. Yeah, but the, the sad thing is those cost more energy to produce. They're not necessarily compostable. There are people buying more of those because they're always forgetting to bring their own bags. It's not a, I don't mean that to be cynical, just like there's a lot of that happening. And even, uh, I mean, I listened to something on Today Explained, Boxes program. It's one of the podcasts I listen to. And they were talking about how recycling can be so much more damaging than um, just throwing something in the garbage in so many places in the world, unless you actually know that recycling is reaching a place nearby, that it's all being recycled. Because when it's not, then it's buried in a landfill farther away. It's or it's shipped somewhere else. So it's shipped and then it's in, dumped in the ocean. And in, in, in the end, you'd be better off. It's not good, but you'd be better off just putting in a landfill nearby, yeah. which is really terrible. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to, I'd, I don't know, it's not a very uplifting way to, to end a conversation, but you know, I'd, be, I'd be really into, and I think this would be a bit different, just because I, 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 I don't hear people talking about it or if there's much written about it, but I'd really like to get into some sci-fi that deals with, I'm always into the AI thing, but the environment, and where is some of uh, science fiction, grounded in, in, well, it doesn't have to be hard science, but things that deal with, maybe it's uh, post-apocalyptic environmental disasters, view, visions of how the world could be in the future, but things connected, not just with the aftermath, but something in the beginnings of it, right? Uh, so positive. Some, the, the, the sun is rising on a new world, that knows what to do with its or with its systems how to think about the native americans they they wouldn't have children if they couldn't support if the tribe couldn't support that population so they restricted their population how do humans join that tribe and in a post apocalyptic world can the Native Americans also have a technology that would, you know, advance humanity? In, in, that's an interesting idea. I, I really like that idea. It's, what was that book we read that... that uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They were... Yeah. That was interesting. See, now we didn't go to the second book on that one. No, we didn't do it on with Hyperion either. No. Oh. And I and I, I, and I want to read it. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was less, you know, I guess it's less, I don't know, maybe my, my forgetting that feels less serious to me. Like it wasn't raising philosophical oh. questions about it. But now that I'm, that I'm starting to think about it, like what, but in, in a lot of ways it was, right? I think, I, I think, yeah. It did get into some, as deep as you wanted to get, I think you could go there. I I started the second book and and then we got into something else. So 
I, I left it and I didn't get into it far enough to get past the, what is it? The, the rap, the summary of the book before it was, okay. here's what happened before. Let's, we should return to those. Not let too much time go by. We've done some unfinished. good reading. Yeah. Feels unfinished. I think, and I think once we get, we, once we can start to sort out the feel of all this, then, then we can pick up the pace a little bit. I think I'd like to, um, sure. like every couple of weeks kind of thing. It's probably reasonable. Yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to sit down at some point too and think about the pacing of this and a few things we want to do per episode. I think you mentioned that before, like certain questions. I think we're still figuring that out. Like if we wanted to, the audio is always there. If we wanted to uh, keep the video, like when we were talking about the the Star Trek Voyager is the name of the star of the spacecraft that the United States sent uh, into deep space and to see if there's anybody out there who wants to bump into this spacecraft. We are here in this solar system, and this is what we look like and sound like. And a lot of people and Carl Sagan. You remember him? Oh, yeah. yeah Carl right. Sagan was the guy who helped with that. And there's a Beatles song on that, I think, and a presidential speech and things like that, a symphony. But when it came back, it was different. 